30-minute reviews, beware of spoilers, and exploring hyperspace lanes are all available ad-free. But if you want to support the show, you can go to bewareofspoilers.com and click the support button that's available on the Spotify website. Thank you. Afternoon, it's 12.01, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers, I am Adam, here today to discuss the second of the three Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Specials, this one being, um, Wild Blue Yonder, um, and it's one of those things where I had this criticism of the first 60th anniversary, or the 50th anniversary special, um, 10 years ago, when it was Matt Smith and David Tennant, um, showing up, and and it was the two of them going on an adventure, I remember being like, this feels very new Doctor Who-centric, specifically these two eras of Doctor Who, it's the 50th anniversary, and it feels more like it's just about this. And I have kind of the same issue here. Um, where it's like, this feels very new Doctor Who-centric. Um, considering how much these two episodes really are just about the Doctor and Donna. Uh, maybe a third part, we'll get into that. Um, a little bit more. But, we'll see. There are some interesting things this show does do. Uh, this episode does do. I think that by revisiting a previous regeneration in having Tennant be the face again, be, be the Doctor again, um, and he is kind of the same, but letting him sit with everything that's happened, like, that's a recurring thing that's happened over the course of this episode, is this idea of, I'm not the same person I was when you met me, between him and Donna, and let, letting us revisit an old iteration of the Doctor after everything we've seen them go, go through with Flux and with the Timeless Child and with everything that happened in the Capaldi, which I don't remember very much of, but with all of that and letting that, you know, happen, it is kind of an interesting thing to revisit. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it very often, but it's a cool idea to get to, to do that, uh, for this show, and, and for, like, it's a unique thing this show can do with this character who, who does this kind of thing. I think the issue that I, that, like, that, that's kind of, like, one of the, the cool things, I, I really like this episode and for what it is, um, I think that if there's something that this episode kind of highlights is that maybe I was wrong about Disney supplementing the budget of this, I don't think that Disney is necessarily giving a ton of money to the BBC um, as a co-production um, to make it look bigger and better. Uh, it kind of looks just as cheap as it always has, uh, which isn't bad. And again, you're talking to someone who watched, you know, all CW Arrowverse shows for the better part of over a decade, and I, like that doesn't bother me. The bad effects. Um, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I thought there was more money going into this, and then you get to the 
them stepping out. Like, first off, that, that thing with them visiting Isaac Newton in the past, like, just looks absolutely ridiculous, them in the tree. Then skip that and go to, um, what's it called? And go to, uh, them on this ship and them stepping out of the ship and it just looking completely cartoony. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, that's, that's iffy, uh, at best. Um, but what have we got? We got, I, I, I think that the, the general idea of the episode is fantastic. I love this idea of them going to the edge of the universe to, and, and ending up there, the very edge of everything. And just them being like, well, there's nothing from here on past. Like, that's such a cool idea to, to play with, and then to be like, oh, and these are creatures that live beyond the nothing that want to come into our universe, or the, the, the universe proper. Again, such a cool idea, really well executed. Um, and the body horror aspect of it with the, the, the creatures um, taking the forms of the Doctor and Donna is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And seeing these things slowly start to acclimate and figure out what's real and what's not is interesting. Um, I was surprised they brought back Wilfred, um, because I was under the impression that they had, that he had died before they could shoot anything, but have him come back for one little bit was pretty cool. Um, that explains part of my issue with the first episode. Um, but look, I think that, like, this is a well-executed episode if it looks, even if it looks a little cheap. I, I would, like, and again, we talked about this last week, this idea that definitely this iteration of Doctor Who on Disney Plus, the 60th anniversary specials, are kind of an onboarding ramp for people to get back into the show. And if you can deal with the bad effects, then by all means, bring it in. Uh, come on in, let's see what happens. Um... I'm interested to see what happens next week, because next week's the one with Neil Patrick Harris as the Toy Master, and I'm, or a Toy Maker, or the Puppet Master, or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, but I'm interested to see how they go with that, um, with him as a as the villain. Um, and next week will be the regeneration. Hopefully we get an answer, because I think that that's kind of the one thing that is bothering me, is it's not the fact that David Tennant came back. It's the fact that David Tennant came back, and he seems baffled as to why he's back, the character, and it's kind of a mystery for him, too, and he wants to know the answer. That's kind of the problem. And I just don't understand that. Like, I want to hear, I want an explanation as to that. And I want to see why. Why is this, why did this happen? Is there some significance? Is there something else in play? what goes on there, um, before we get in, like, and that's gotta be next week's episode, um, they could have just not addressed it, which would have been equally possible, um, and it would have worked just as well had they just not addressed it, but I think they've addressed it too much now and made too much of a mystery out of it for it to just be, oh, it just happens sometimes, um, and then it's like, well, why is it never happened beyond this because we've had 
the the eight doctor the seven doctors of the original run McGann from the movie um Eccleston as nine and then ten ten and eleven Matt Smith twelve Capaldi thirteen um uh thirteen meeting Jodie Whittaker now we're fourteen tenant again but then also you had you know the the war doctor for a 15th iteration and a 16th iteration in um what's it called a, a 16th iteration in the uh uh the timeless child um joe martin's the actress's name i think but okay so we have all of those and then the 15th doctor quote unquote is is gonna be i don't know how to pronounce his name enough to um He's gonna be the the I gotta forget to pronounce his name before next week. Um, he uh, he's gonna be the the fifteenth, uh, but really the seventeenth. And it's just why has this never happened before this? Why does David Tennant seem confused about it in the show? Why and and, and what is the significance of this? Is there something that we don't know going forward? Um, and granted, this would be the first time Doctor Who did something like that, because it's like, the idea that Gallifrey wasn't destroyed, I don't recall ever being addressed fully and properly, um, when it comes to, uh, what's it called? When it, when it comes to, uh, what was that? Um, the, the other show, when it came to, uh, after the 50th anniversary. So I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, but we'll see. We'll wrap up there for today. Uh, we're not going to do Dream Scenario. Um, I think tomorrow we're going to be doing The Boy and the Heron at an IMAX uh, screening. And then we're going to be doing... Uh, we are going to catch up on Invincible. We are going to catch up on Monarch. Do not worry. Those two things are definitely happening. But until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.